Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Uh, you're right this morning, Jim? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not too bad. I'm, you know, sort of emerging out of the dark tunnel um, of, of writing. Well, well, you made a triumphant announcement yesterday on well, social media. Well, I did, but before, before we go to triumphant announcements, I've just got to mention one thing. So, um, friend of the show, uh, Nick Barker, also known as Kent Barker, yeah. um, he's the uh, owner and founder of a, of a small little chain called Wilding. And yeah. uh, that does sort of food and wine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and you'll remember that he came on and talked to us about our incredibly aged 1939 yes. wine, wine from, from Yalta. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, he is doing a talk tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday, or maybe tonight. Yes, it'll be tonight, I should say. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, the 7th of March at Wilding in Oxford about war and wine. And it's a, it's oh, a, a wine tasting and a, and a chat about what was going on with war during um, with wine rather during the second world war and he's really really good really passionate and it will just be fantastic so if anyone's got nothing better to do in the oxford area tomorrow evening then um uh do go along check that that out yeah exactly excellent Excellent. um Uh, that's my little plug for nick well that's very good we're dutifully done jim i think yeah Uh, thank you uh, i mean does he owe you a favor now does he owe you some posh wine i mean that's the well, I mean, know, what- it'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, never, 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 never expecting anything, but you know, never going to say no either. <laughs> now, um, uh, yes, so tr- triumphantly, you, you, I mean, you, so you've, for those who uh, um, maybe missed last week, you, you, what you've done is you've taken your ten-month casino campaign, Italian campaign book, broken it in half, essentially. Yes. So uh, you're not trying to fit 10, 000, 10 months into 150,000 words into one of your Holland-sized volumes, and you've gone sort of been able to stay, stay the blow of having to try and achieve that, right? Yeah, and and I, it, it only worked because I think there is a narrative arc from the from the planning for the invasion of Italy through to the end of the year, which is yeah. a sudden sort of you know because it because the end of the year times times ties in with. Two mega conferences. So, yeah. you know, every so often, sort of, you know, three times a year, they're doing these huge conferences. And, and in 1943, you know, the year to beat all years, they're, yeah. they're spending a lot of time 
trying to work out what future strategy is. And and at the end of November and beginning of December, they have two together. They have Sextant and Eureka. Sextant yeah. is in Cairo, where um, Chiang Kai-shek is invited, yeah. the generalissimo of the nationalists in China. Yes, amazing. And then they go really, to the, Tehran. The, but it's amazing that he's invited, really, isn't it? It's, because- it's incredibly invited. And that, that's very much a reflection of changing, the changing kind of emphasis on strategy, where... The Americans, having got, gone into um, the Casablanca conference in January 1943, completely underprepped, were totally, totally outmaneuvered by the British on so yeah. many different things. And they obviously thought, right, that's it. We're never going to get into this situation again. Then the next big ones were Trident, which was in um, uh, which was in Washington, so kind of home advantage to the Americans, and they'd really done their homework. Yeah. And by that stage, their factories are obviously kind of churning out kind of vast amounts. And you know, it's really important to stress that the, the, the British and the Americans are co- co- coalition partners rather than formal allies. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're working. You know, they have agreed to work together to cooperate, um, to share resources, all that kind of stuff, for a common goal. But ultimately, it's not up to the British to tell the Americans how to use their vast amounts of war material that they're what? pumping out. What? 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 what <laughs> James? <laughs> Honestly, I can't. Be- I cannot believe. I mean, I know. you really stuck your neck Can out you? there. That's that's profoundly controversial. That's the sort of thing that would completely set uh, social media off. That kind of uh, <laughs> brass necked um, uh, statement. I mean, no, well, well, obviously, because the, the Americans do feel that they were very much rolled at Casablanca, don't they? That they've been completely caught. They, they have do. been completely caught out. And after all, I mean, but that's um, that, that. You know, Casablanca conference is. The US has only been in the it's been in the war, relatively speaking, a third of the time that the UK has, essentially, yep. or the British Empire has. Yep. So the, the the British are British are, you know, they've, they've they've sort of had more practice. And maybe having been kicked kicked out of lots of places and have to, had to fight the Germans, and maybe a little more sanguine about how difficult it all is, rather than, hey, you know, yep. we can do we can we can we can we can invade northern france in uh, next year you know the, the kind of because because i mean i think what's what's interesting about the casablanca conference is the american sort of attitude it's all pretty optimistic isn't it and uh, uh, yep. uh um and sort of you know uh, uh, full of can do isn't it whereas the british yep. are kind of like well, you can't you can't do that and that's going to be difficult but 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 also typically the americans the americans learn really 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 quickly what the game is and apply themselves to it, and 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 the problem is, is all these things sort of border on cliche, really. But the but the Americans go; they've learned their lesson, and they've figured out what to do next. It's that Churchillian idea that you know the Americans, you, once they figured out what how to do the right thing, they'll get it right. That whatever that I'm paraphrasing there. Yes. What is it he says? You can rely on the Americans to eventually figure out. I can't remember what it is. There we go. I can't remember what it is either. But, but I, 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 know, I know the quote, this but is, I'm having one of those things. It's like when someone the, says, you know that word, that word, you know, come on, that yeah, word. That, this is the kind of because... insight people tune in for, of course. <laughs> you can't remember anything. You can't remember someone's name. Oh, you can't, literally can't remember anything about anything. Um, but, but, yeah, but by the time they get to by the time they get to kind of you know late November, early December, nineteen forty three, there are there are kind of four big issues. The first big issue is that although the Americans, right from the outset, have agreed to do a Germany first strategy, yeah. i.e., the emphasis and priority is to knock Germany out of the war before yep. knocking Japan out of the war, yep. the British interpretation of that is that you just kind of. You know, you keep you keep the Japanese under wraps, but you, you don't kind of hold, push. You sort of put yeah. it on hold, so you can sort of focus your resor- prioritize yeah. your resources. Whereas the Americans are not interpreting that uh, in that way at all. They're interpreting as 
we crack on with the Japanese as much as we possibly can, but you know, marginally, yeah. Germany gets a, you know, Europe gets the first priority. Yeah. So, so that's 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 the first thing. Second, so that's a big that's one big issue. The second big issue is that Roosevelt is very very wedded to the idea of backing. Chang's nationalists in China to the absolute yeah. hill, pumping yeah, yeah. vast amounts of stuff into China, A, to keep it afloat, B, to keep the Japanese busy, and C, to have it as a potential air base to attack Japan yeah. as and when. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So there are all sorts of operations in the in the offing that the Americans want to do in Southeast Asia, not the Pacific, mm. but you know, taking the Andaman Islands, you know, yeah. getting back into amphibious operations in Malaya and all this kind of stuff. All of which and, and reopening the Burma Road, which is which was the overland route into yeah, into uh, into southeast southwest China. Yes, but which has been lost to them since Burma was overrun in May 1942. So he wants to get that back. So those, yeah. those are high priorities for for Roosevelt, but they're absolutely not priorities for the British, who are very much wedded to the Germany first and kind of keeping Japan at bay. Mm. And what they really want to do is focus on the Mediterranean in the same way that Roosevelt wants to focus on the Chinese. Mm. So, but. But the big difference is, is that the Mediterranean has been committed to in a way that the, the in a already. way already, and there's plenty of American boots on the ground in a way that there aren't in there aren't regarding the Burma Road, and there aren't in the you know the the the, the basically the, the the British having convinced the Americans at Casablanca to roll with to to run with the strategy that the Allies are committed to. It's the, but it, that's only as far as Sicily. Yeah, I know, but yes, it is only as far as Sicily. But 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 it, we talked, we've talked about this before in the last few weeks. The momentum of things means, of course, yeah, once you've taken Sicily, you, you know, it's only over. After all, straight to Messina, it's only over there. Italy's, you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's no English Channel even. It's it's literally only over there. It's it's yeah. uh, 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 spitting distance, isn't it? So why wouldn't yep. you, especially yep. if you've 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 just proven you can beat the Germans? You've just kicked them out of Sicily. In pretty short order, in extremely difficult terrain, um, in your first proper contested um, amphibious operation, you know, blah blah. blah. There's, there's, there's reasons. There's there's good, can-do, optimistic role. I think I think maybe this is maybe this is the theme of the year. Is the year things start with a can-do optimism, and by the end of 1943, it's like, oh god, this is all much much more difficult than. Which, we're involved in a much bigger operation. You yeah, know, we're providing yeah. we're providing vast amount of supplies to the Soviet Union. Yeah, um, you know, we, we, we're all out on the Pacific War. We're now thinking Southeast Asia. We want to do this, but and this is the other big difference hmm. is that the Americans are absolutely wedded completely to Overlord as it's become in the yeah. summer of you know just yeah. after the Trident Conference in back in May. And what they don't want is mission creep in the in the Mediterranean to detract from that. You know, they're all for they're all for doing stuff in the Mediterranean, but Overlord has to have the primacy. But it's interesting, though, isn't it, Jim? Because because why would the British be like uh, wary of, of of Overlord? Because after all, you know, Britain has been bombed from the European Northwest European mainland. Has been attacked. Is threatened. Was threatened with. Supposedly threatened with invasion from there. Why is there not such? Why do they not share the impulse the Americans have for this? I mean, I think I know the answer, but but why do you think? Well, there's two things. There's two things. First of all, they have a different approach to strategy, um, which which is that you probe around, find the weak spots, and you exploit it. Yeah, spot any weak spot, and you get the enemy to expend their effort on getting to where the battle is because you've got a great big navy and can send people anywhere you want in the world. 
you know, which is how yeah. you've done it for the last couple of hundred years. You know, you fought France all over the world during the right. during the Seven Years' War, Napoleonic Wars, exactly. Pr- pr- you know, and uh, and and Revolutionary Wars or whatever. You've done that. That that's your. In fact, that's your 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 has to be your modus operandi because you are a maritime um, uh, naval power. That's how you end up having to do it. And on the mainland, you get other people to do your fighting for you. If you and the European mainland, if you possibly can, you hire coalitions of people to do your fighting, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. So Completely. going direct is it, it isn't necessarily the the British instinct. Well, it isn't, but but it's also it's also a product of the fact that you know the British had a strategy in the war, which was to for for France to do most of the ground operations yeah. bit in Northwest Europe, and it didn't really play out. So then they were forced to kind of sort of make it up on the hot on the yeah. hoof, and, and and that brought them to the Middle East and to Egypt and Libya and. Syria and yeah. Palestine and all the rest of it in Iran and Iraq and um, and East Africa. And now they're there. So they're kind of thinking, well, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities to exploit here, you know, getting into the Aegean, uh, Eastern Aegean and getting Leros and Kos and Rhodes and all the rest of it, getting, getting Turkey into the war, you know, another part of your sort of coalition theory, et cetera, et cetera. So there's all that, whereas the American view is, Draw a straight line to Berlin, you know, the closest possible route. Well, that's from Britain. It's a perfectly obvious launch pad and kind of, you know, that's your end game. So work backwards from there. So it's it's just a different it's a different way of looking at things. And the suspicion is, because the, the British are so hung up on the Mediterranean, the suspicion is that their hearts aren't really an overlord. That's absolutely not the case. What they don't, what the British don't want to do is... go is half cock. The, well, they don't want to go half cock, but they also don't want to miss an opportunity to make Overlord easier, which they feel is very possibly presenting itself in the Mediterranean because mm. of the German response. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I.e. sending in 23 divisions into the Balkans and yeah. 25 into Italy. Yeah. You know, that's best part of 50 divisions. Now in the, now in the Mediterranean, drawing away from the North, you know, from, from Overlord, if you can kind of keep those there and keep them fixed and maybe even draw some more and get Turkey into the war and, you know, stretch the Germans even further, what's not to like? You know, why yeah. are we being why are we being rigidly held to this kind of May 1944 for Overlord thing? You know, it's annoying, you know, and the bottom line is, is, you know, you've now committed to, we've now committed to Italy mm. and there's a whole load of mission creep going on there because one of the big things about going into Italy was A, to draw off German troops into there away from the Eastern Front and the Western Front. Well, that's a big tick. B, to get Italy out of the war. Yep, that's happened. Three, and this is a really, really important one, to to set up um, the Strategic Air Forces, the new 15th Air Force, as it's going to be called from the 1st of November, 2nd of November, I think it is, um, in and around the, the Foggia airfields in central south part of Italy. Yeah, which they've also done. But the the problem is that originally, in their original idea, they were going to have six bomb groups. And then when they decided, actually, let's not bother with the 12th bomb force, you know, 12th Air Force and the 9th Air Force. Let's just make the, the, the we'll create, continue with the 12th Air Force, which can be the tactical Air Force. And this is a tactical Air Force is an Air Force which is directly supporting the ground troops. And then we'll create our own strategic Air Force specifically for operations from Italy called the 15th Air Force. Mm. And that will be part of Operation Point Blank. Yeah. Now, Point Blank is suggested by Ira Aker at the Casablanca Conference back in January 1943, broadly agreed 
then kind of rubber stamped eventually by the British, so that it actually goes into being, becomes becomes into being at the beginning of June 1943. Yeah. The whole point of Point Blank is to destroy or as destroy as much as you possibly can of the of the German air force prior to any cross channel invasion so prior, prior to overlord, to overlord. Yeah. yeah so so point blank is part of overlord effectively and yeah. the idea behind this is that you destroy you you gain total air superiority over the whole of northwest europe and you mm. need to do that because once you get to normandy it's all about a race as who can build up strength most yeah and the way you reduce the German ability to reinforce Normandy is by destroying all the bridges over the River Seine and the Loire and marshalling yards and railway lines and all the rest of it. But the only way you do that is by using medium bombers and low-level bombers. Hmm. But the virtue of the fact that they're operating at low level means they're very vulnerable to attack from above, from, from any fighter planes like Messerschmitts and Wolves that might be hovering yeah. above them. So you need those skies clear to be able to effectively do low-level bombing of bridges and all the rest of it. And that has to happen by the kind of spring of 1944 for Overlord to happen in May, stroke June that year. So yeah. there's an imperative for it. But as we've talked about many times before on this podcast, the autumn of 1943 is a dark time for the strategic air forces. You know, yeah. Battle of Berlin is going really badly for the for RF Bomber Command. And the 8th Air Force, which is the primary strategic bomber force operating out of England, is also in crisis because they're suffering really, really badly. And what they're discovering is that all those aircraft factories are deep in the Reich, which are beyond fighter cover. Yeah. So they, they're going in without escort yeah. fighters. Yeah. And they're yeah. getting slaughtered. Every time they try it, going to Schweinfurt, you know, first in August, then in October, they get absolutely hammered and yeah. Regensburg and all those other places. Yeah. So suddenly there is this change of tack. And there's only thing, well, hang on a minute. We can we can get all those targets in now in Austria and southern southern Germany from Foggia in Italy. So let's expand the strategic air forces. The problem is that putting 21 bomb groups, putting even six bomb groups into Italy around Foggia takes up a huge amount of logistic tail. Yeah. So your so your shipping effort for for the the land forces is basically it's basically sequestered by the, or seconded rather. What's the word? Is it, it's, yeah. I, I'm having a I bad seconded. morning. Seconded. Yeah, seconded by by the um, requisitioned, requisitioned, realigned, or, 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 or taken, by reassigned, the, reassigned to the effort to put strategic air forces into Italy. Even though those airfields, due to the weather, don't necessarily deliver particularly, because the weather, the, the weather in southern Italy is 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 not bucolic uh, sunshine and rolling. Rolling uh, glorious uh, blue skies, citrus plants, it? and twinkly. It's, yeah, exactly. Azure's, tw- Azure's yeah, exactly. Sea. And, uh, finding yourself on holiday with Tony Blair. No, it's it's all really, it's it's no. um, it's it's actually quite grim in the winter. And yes, and f- there's no guarantee that you can actually. And 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 of course, again, another thing we've talked about with the strategic bombing bombing offensive over northwest Europe is getting a day where it's clear enough to see where you're bombing. Is it? it, it that's like that's the Joker in your pack of cards weather wise it happens every now and again it's extremely rare and when it does come you know you, you've got to be you, you've got to be on the right cycle to make the most of it uh, and the fact that the weather in southern Italy means there's cloud cover you can't take off let alone get to these let alone get to uh Bavaria to bomb all these um aircraft factories not only are you read up not only are you diverting your effort to Foggia from your land forces it's not paying off either so uh you know, there's no obviously there's no perfect world in any of this, but it's a it's pretty much imperfect by the by the autumn of forty three, isn't it? 
completely. And the and the problem is, the reason why there is a shortage of shipping in the Mediterranean is because the Americans primarily of the combined chiefs of staff, but also the British have been, you know, rather arrogantly assumed that they can sort of bend the Americans to their will. Yep. So they've all got the combined chiefs of staff, the, 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 the senior service chiefs, both in America and Britain, plus the president yep. and the prime minister. What they've all agreed is, is, is you know, there's going to be this limit and they're going to go into Italy, but they're going to withdraw seven divisions from Italy on the 1st yep. of November. They're going to draw all the landing ships from, yep. from Italy in, in November. Um, and, that's all fine, but you're already committed to Italy. Yeah. And so the rigidity of Overlord and the primacy of Overlord is is materially affecting what is happening on the ground yeah. because everyone wants to get to Rome and get north of Rome. And one of the reasons you need to get north of Rome as quickly as possible is to give yourself a, a, a land space cushion to yeah. protect those airfields at Foggia because you don't want to go to all the huge effort of getting all those bomb groups over to over to Foggia and then discover that those 25 divisions in in Italy plus a whole load from the Balkans have been brought yeah. over into Italy and there's a massive counterthrust and you've lost it all. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a very very real threat. Yeah. Now, you know, it doesn't happen as it happens, but but but, but, but you've got to consider that. So so it's you you've got to decide what your priority is. Mm. You know, is your you know and, and having committed to Italy, so really what they should have done is either not bothered with Italy or yeah, back up to the hill. But you know perfectly well that not bothering strate- the strategic momentum of the of of the first you know of the first two thirds of nineteen forty three. I mean, you have to go to Italy. You ca- of course you, you can't, do. You can't stop yes. in. You can't just stop. So back it. in Sicily. So back. So back it, so back it properly. Yeah. Back yeah, it yeah. properly. Yeah. You know, yeah. give it because there is a really obvious solution to Italy, which yeah. is lots of amphibious attacks going up yeah. the leg. Yeah. Series of assaults outflanking the German front line, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But to do that, you need a decent amount of landing craft and assault craft and and yeah. shipping. But yeah. they've already been taken away. Now, had they not been taken away in kind of September and October? And you've been given a whole load more quickly. Said, okay, right, let's just absolutely smother it. Mm. It'll probably got to where they wanted to an awful lot quicker and save themselves a huge amount of bother. But what they're still doing is is that they're they're, they're still sticking to no, no, no. We said, and we know what the British are like. They're always trying to kind of you know mission creep. They're always trying to kind of you know push us, pull a fast one. Absolutely no way. But the only people that are suffering in all of this really are. The infantry who are supposed to do the hard yards on the ground, who are not being supported enough, and you know it is absurd having a you know being in a situation where you are you do not have a a, a manpower advantage at the front. You're attacking, and you're having to take divisions out of that front line and replace them because yeah. you said those seven divisions have to go by the first yeah. of November, and yeah. you're not going to budge. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, it's a mirror image of the the problem that the British try, and it's the British really. I mean, the other the other flavour to this, of course, is that is that the Mediterranean, because because it has you know e- e- Egypt in it, and it's the gateway to the to the British Empire to to India and all that. So the Americans are very much seeing this as okay, right? This is you you clearing you 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 clearing the way for your empire and taking care of your backyard. And actually, we've a backyard in the Philippines. Thanks very much, and you don't seem yep. to be considering it. It's, it's, it's part of the sort of, I think, probably the flavour of the American approach. But, but I mean, it's ironic because it's the mirror image of what the what the Allies are trying to do to the Germans is get the Germans to to dilute their effort by sending divisions to the Balkans, divisions to Italy, and you know, and, and the deception plan for uh, Overlord, after all, has 
uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of German soldiers tied up in Norway, sat around twiddling their thumbs, waiting for waiting for something, anything to happen. And soldiers yep. in France, you know, the, the, yep. the fact that there are divisions rotating in and out of France on the Eastern Front, the, you know, that the Soviets are not fighting all the German soldiers that there are um, uh, uh, available um, uh, uh, at any one time. You know, that, that, no. that, that's, that's not the case. They're fighting the bulk of them, but absolutely every single division that's drawn away from the Eastern Front benefits the Soviet effort, uh, you know, because after all, this is a, a 3D picture. But the... But, but you know, in a way, the allies the allies are suffering from the problem they're trying to cause the Germans here, aren't they? That, that, yes. That but by going into Italy and trying to draw effort into Italy, um, you really need to put your own effort into Italy for that to work properly. Uh, yeah. Rather than descend into sort of static, um, uh, you know, hill by hill thing, which is what happens. And after all. Uh, so much of allied uh, uh, allied attitude to war is shaped by the First World War. Steel, not flesh, is born of not wanting to get a, a, a million people killed in the in the British Empire, isn't it? And so, so if you've got fighting that starts to resemble resemble mud and blood and First World War static trench warfare, you've got a problem, haven't you? Politically. Yep. We've got a problem in the army, morale wise, because everyone everyone knows ex- the officers officer. Officers in charge know exactly what they're trying to avoid. The men heard about it from their fathers. They're writing home about it. It could, it, you could very quickly set off a sort of political uh, reverberation about a, rep- a repetition of the First World War, which is, after all, the thing we're all trying to avoid, isn't it, it uh, yeah. uh, amongst the Western Allies? So it, it's interesting, though, that that in an attempt to draw the Germans off, you've drawn yourself off from yep. what the main effort is, and and the and the the, the the, the two things sort of sit in mirror image of each other, don't they? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and the, the, the Germans, the Germans, are, uh, uh, it's much more, they're having to put fires out wherever they fire them, wherever they find them, or wherever they think they might break out. The Allies are having to decide how best to start the fires. Yeah. And, the, and the, the, the same sort of mechanic ends up applying, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it is interesting though, because because had they got had they had they supplied the shipping, had they gone all in, had they parked the strategic air force, and Rome Rome topples by the end of forty three, that puts a very different complexion on things for the Germans, doesn't it? As they may they may then feel that they have to do even more in Italy, which makes Overlord easier, or the yep. Eastern Front easier, or, or, or you know the the the, the sort of. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, with counterfactuals, the minute you pull one lever, you have to pull all the other bloody levers. I think, I think the big thing. I mean, that, that, that's the that's the point. You know, the, the allied commitments are absolutely vast by this stage, but but the idea that you can go into an into a country like Italy with all its mountains and all the rest of it and do it half cock is ridiculous. You know, even yeah. if the Germans retreat to the Pisa Rimini line, yeah. You know, the idea that this is going to be a piece of piss and that you can just sort of you know half chuck stuff at it. It is is naive, and you know it's interesting because you know sort of Brooke goes over after the second lot of so so they have Cairo conference, then they have Tehran with Stalin, yeah. then they go back to Cairo to sort of you know tidy everything up, and after that Brooke then goes to goes to Italy and does a tour, and he decides that Monty's tired, and he decides that yeah. Alex is lacking grip and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, normally when people had jaundice, which is what Alexander's been suffering from, you know, you have a you have a month in hospital, then a month of rehabilitation in a convalescence camp before yeah. you're sent back to the front line. You know, I mean, 
Alex has about like a seven days off or something, you know, and he's he's expected to be firing at kind of full cylinders. So if he's if Alexander is a bit jaded, then you know that's completely fair enough. But the bottom line is, I don't really see how he could possibly be gripping the situation better than he's already gripping it, well, given the kind of measly being, resources. Yeah, he's not been given the tools to do the job properly. So. And, and he's warned them, and he he spelt it out in a kind of sort of mixture of carrot and stick at the end of October, where he said, look, you know, we're doing pretty well. This is this. And, you know, we could do this if we have this, but if we don't, you know, I've got to be honest with you. You know, it's quite serious, potentially quite a serious situation. We could suffer a reversal here, lose the initiative. You know, and he's absolutely spot on. Yeah. And... What I think is really interesting is, is you know, back in back in May at the Trident conference, General Marshall, you know, the chief chief of staff of the American Army, says once undertaken, the operation must be backed to the limit. <laughs> but you know, that's just not the case. Yeah, with yeah. Italy. Yeah, it, you know, and it and the reasons for wanting to set up the strategic air forces in in Italy are entirely understandable. But it's about prioritizing. And, and you're trying to do too much of too little and spread your resources too thinly. And, and because the weather is, is questionable in the winter by the time you finally got these airfields up and running, and you could operate very, very easily from North Africa, which is what they've been doing up until this point, th- there's got to be an argument for just not bothering with Foggia until you've got yourself to a safe situation in the, on the Italian front. And that then frees up shipping for the Allied armies. And it's not that kind of one's more important than the other. It's just that you've committed. So you need to kind of do one thing at a time and focus on it. Yeah, but I think that's but, that's the key thing. I, you know, I, I think the the people to blame for for the the, the debacle of Italy in inverted commas, totally hundred percent. You know, you cannot fault really. The, the army group and army commanders, you know, Monty, Clark, Alexander, they all do incredibly well, proved by the fact that actually they do, you know, Fifth Army particularly does break through the winter line, the Bernhard line, which is the kind of first great big kind of iron door, steel door um, before, um, before the Gustav line. They do do that. Mm. And they do that with at best a parity of infantry and possibly even less. Yeah. You know, and that's incredible when... The defender holds all the aces in that terrain. And when the rule of thumb is that you would never even dream of going into an attack with a, a, with a, a less than three to one manpower advantage. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in that terrain, considerably more than that. But they don't even have that. And I think that's the that's the thing that's really interesting because a lot of the a lot of the books are sort of saying, you know, Alexander is disingenuous because he's comparing, you know, divisions as as a as a sort of you know, divisions with divisions and saying that's not really fair because Allied divisions are bigger than 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 German divisions. Well, actually, sort of close scrutiny suggests that that's actually not really the case, which I think is really, really interesting. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim, we need to take a break. Um, but after the break, I wanted to talk tangentially about um, about this. Uh, uh, so we'll we'll be back in a second. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Landmark infrastructure legislation was passed in the last Congress. Now comes the work of getting it built. The Global X U.S. Infrastructure Development ETF, ticker PAVE, invests in dozens of companies helping shape the future of American infrastructure. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Investments in infrastructure-related companies have greater exposure to the potential adverse economic, regulatory, political, and other changes affecting such entities. Before investing, carefully consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the fuller summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Welcome back to We Have Ways to Make You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Now, um, Jim, you were you were sort of finger tipping towards the, the the idea that the Allied armies are performing man for man, perhaps to want of a better way, <laughs> better than better than the, the the German armies in this in this situation. But but so let's talk about a man, um, because uh, last week a, a, a very good friend of mine, Jacko Jacksik, who. Um, is a musician who is the lead singer and uh, uh, other guitarist. I think he's, you can't call him rhythm guitarist in King Crimson. Yeah. Who, um, and he used to be, Legendary he used to band. be guitar, yeah, with, with Robert Fripp, um, who of course is a former denizen of broad chalk. So a yes, name, indeed. a former name yeah, of yours. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, was. and Jacko, Jacko, um, last year did a, did a show about, um, about his family and his origins because he's adopted and it, and he was raised by um, a Polish, his mother, his parents were a, a Polish man and a French woman who, who, who after the war had come to Britain and they brought him up, they raised him. And he, he didn't, re, he asked his dad, uh, you know, for, for childhood memories and stuff and memories of memories of before he came to the UK. And we went out for lunch last week because he, he was saying, oh, you know, my dad says he remembers he was born in this town um, uh, and he remembers he remembers when he was a kid, men with rifles in the streets and everything. Um, uh, 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 what what would that be? You know, does that does that add up? And basically, his father was from um, uh, Ruda uh, Sliaska, I think that's how it's pronounced, which is uh, a Silesian city in southern Poland near Katowice. So, um, one of those one of those places that became part of Poland after the First World War, when Poland established itself post First World War. So his dad rem- his dad remembered the you know the the uh, Polish Soviet War basically in sort of 1919, 1920, sort of a memory from when he was five or six, and then and then, and his father was German speaking, but Norbert Jacko's father regarded him regarded himself as Polish as a Pole. But with it, he had a Jackshik was his was his German spelt Polish surname, and of course, when the when the war comes, when the Germans come to Poland, 
Norbert, Jacko's father, was conscripted mm. um, because he's ethnic German, according to the German way of looking at things, even though he regards himself as a Pole. Yep. And the brilliant thing is Jacko sent us the scans of his salt of his dad's Saltbuch. Yeah. Um and uh I couldn't make head and a tail of them, but you 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 did some sort of straight up detective work on them. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so these old books are I mean, I've got a couple of them and they're they're fascinating and, and the photograph is missing on the inside. Yeah. Um inside yes. page but 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 this is your kind of it's like your it's your pay book but it's also yeah. your your identity papers effectively and you know it has the details of you know how tall you are and you you know well, what gas kind mask of stuff. size you are gas mask all, and grosser spy all, all that, that. Yeah. but it also yeah. has kind of you know if you're sick or ill or away on courses and yeah. things like that it tells you all that kind of stuff um and, and the interesting thing about this one is 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 the stamps that aren't there? So the, there is one stamp, and it has all your inoculations as well yeah. um, on it. Um, I'm just looking for it now. Uh, I mean, there, there is one stamp from 1940, July 1944. So he's still in the army in July 1944, yeah. which is from the kind of one of the paymasters. Um, and uh, but otherwise, it, it, it's you know it's a, it's a little bit thin on the ground. But but the two the two units he's he's in is um, basically training battalion. 375 yeah um which then goes on gets absorbed into a um, a pretty unsavory infantry division security division on the eastern front and you know yeah. they're rounding up ukrainians and executing them yeah. and doing all that yeah. sort of stuff but he fortunately doesn't seem to be a part of that because oh. some point he gets transferred to the 49th jaeger grenadier battalion hmm. which for the most part is an ersatz battalion as well which is a training battalion so jacko then Revealed that his father had had a lost a part of his index finger. That's right. Uh, just at the crucial moment where Battalion Three Seven Five was about to go off and join this horrible security battalion, so he otherwise he absolutely would have become embroiled yeah. in all sorts of horrible things yeah. in in Ukraine. Yeah, and he'd have had no choice in the matter whatsoever. Yeah, um, and his life would have gone a very very different way. But instead, he ends up in. Um, in the in the 49th Jaeger Grenadier Battalion, yep. which is part of the what was I say it was 158th I think infantry. That's right, yeah, 158th Infantry Division, which is an you know it's a sort of third fourth rate infantry division occupation in, in um, infantry division in the Bay of Biscay. Right. So they're still there in July because the Normandy battle has happened, but yep. but they've not got got very far. Jacko says that his father ends up fighting for two corps. <laughs> in Italy. In Italy. Yeah. So that's quite a leap because he's in France. Well, and the story is he's captured by the resistance. And persuades them he's a Pole. Persuades, manages to persuade them that he's actually a Pole and that he's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then and and apparently he said he said to him, well, how did he get from you know? Oh, I don't remember. That he did. It wasn't part of his story. The bit that he's then digested by the Allies and turned into a Polish soldier and sent to Italy, which I think is really really interesting. So, well, because it makes no sense. Because because yeah. you wouldn't if you're going to be converted into a Polish infantryman, you, go and join the Polish armored yeah. division. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's already there. Yeah, you wouldn't go yeah. get in a ship, go all the way around to Italy, and you're not going to no. get in there any other way because 
No. So there's a, there is a sort of... The, the, Unless you, know, you somehow get to Marseille or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, obviously, this is put on a ship in... to Genoa and you're in kind yeah. of, I don't know, Livorno or somewhere like that, yeah. and you, you get there for kind of the spring of 1945, for example. I, I, you yeah. know, I don't know. But but anyway, he's he's subsequently sent me his some interviews that his father did, some yeah. oral history. So I'll have a listen to those and see if I can sort of piece it together. Because for me, that's the big kind of question mark. I'm not saying yeah. that he wasn't in two Polish corps. I'm sure he was if he was, but yeah. but but it seems odd. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. the the overall impression from his soul book is someone who was an extremely reluctant soldier. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, it's a you series know. of sort of crap um, training <laughs> battalions and and second rate occupation yeah. forces. Yeah. The reason the reason I brought this up is a because it's really really fascinating and it's just amazing when a friend a friend out of nowhere says oh do you want to you know my dad i've got my dad's sold book do you want to have a look at it he's got his polish army driving license somewhere as well that he, he said he'd, he'd he could he could send me he doesn't know what that would what that would get us and there is a photograph of him with his german with with, with his german you know colleagues all sort of posing in their posing in their field gray yeah um uh which i think you know it's fascinating and obviously it does seem as you say jim he was very very fortunate to have um dodged that Dodged that duty in in uh, on the Eastern Front, because the, the the impression he had, Jack has is that his mate, none of you know none of his mates ever came back. That that was that was that. Off they went, and they were and they were never to be seen again. Basically, absolutely. So, so but but it, it's not just that it's not just they avoided that fate, but they avoided the fate of what they what they ended up doing, which is um a thing you you know a thing you this would be this would be quite a different story, wouldn't it? Completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was sort of looking up what happened to, you know, Ersatz Battalion 375. And, you know, I've yeah. got to say, it was really, I was thinking, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. really want to be the person to tell this to Jack. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, phew, he moved. Sorry, yeah, he didn't get there. Oh, God, he didn't get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's 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 it's, it's tricky. Um But it's fascinating. And, and you know, I, I mean, I've got a couple of Zold books, which I sort of picked up, which I feel sort of, bit weird about having if i'm honest but they are mm. fascinating because they, you know it's someone's life yeah you know i've got one from normandy and you know again he doesn't look like he's you wouldn't call him kind of top rate by looking well at his so, soul, but... so so that that's sort of i mean on sunday james tweeted i've just written in my book and you <laughs> well, I, I might take it out i'm not you just might being take, stirry, you might obviously. Take it out. but you know but for instance here's a man you know, uh, uh, and this is uh, with no disrespect at all intended to to, to Jacko, Jacko's old man, Jacko's yeah. old man. But here's a man, you know, man for man who wasn't he was not interested in being a soldier, and it seems as though he managed to manoeuvre his way around the experience of being a soldier in the in the in the here without having really doing very much soldiering at all. And you know, maybe maybe he lost his part of his finger is you know an accident unfortunate maybe it was one of those accidents that was entirely fortunate you know it's it's it, it, you don't you don't get what you've not got here is your steely you know uh, square jaw blonde six foot two blonde six doing his bit two. for the fatherland exactly you know um uh it, it's 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 entirely absent from this sword book and i think that's why if nothing else, these kind of these kind of general and you know, obviously yesterday you set a load of people off on Twitter when you when you posted that <laughs> who you, who just cannot stand the idea, seem to not be able to stand the idea that you know they're going. What about Kasserine, uh, the Germans? Did. Yeah, but they lost that campaign. And, and they after lost Kasserine, Kasserine as well, 
Well, ex- well, well, exactly, well, exactly. But, but you know, you can zoom out and go. Well, that battle may have gone well for them, but, the, but, the, but the, that that encounter may have gone well for them. But, 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 uh, but the campaign went very, very badly. You know, and also the other thing that happens after ca- after after the battle of the Catherine Pass is the Americans go, oh right, like that is it? Okay, we'll completely reform how we run things. <laughs> yeah. We've got the we've got the people who are capable of doing that. We'll give authority to them. We'll fire the bloke who's been screwing up. And they shake it down in a matter of weeks and sort it out because they've got the culture that allows them to do that, and the yep. and the and the depth of talent that, within the army that so they could do that. So, like in a way, you know, maybe maybe what happens to the Kasserine Pass isn't that rosy for the Germans either because of what the Americans then do in response to it is that the Americans reform well the other get, thing about Kasserine is, is 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 that, that, that you know Rommel overextends again we're over ambitious yeah. drive forward um, ends up much worse off than he was when he started um, yeah. because he overextends and, you know, yeah. the, the, the allies are able to kind of absorb it and then counterattack. Yeah, stop um, me if you've uh, heard and, this and one before, it's basically, a, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, it's a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, could, you know, when you go to City Buzid, for example, which yeah. is a kind of, you know, so it's called the Catherine Pass, but the Catherine Pass is, is a kind of sort of the, the very end of the battle, really. Yeah. It's a sequence of, a, it's, it's, it's part of a, a larger drive, by Rommel's force to try and kind of split the um, Eighth Army and 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 First Army mm. in two in in southern Tunisia, and the first bit is Sidi Bouzid. Well, you know the Americans in Sidi Bouzid, they're just not in any position to deal with a with a major armored counter punch by yeah. the Germans at that point. They just don't have the men in place, and the landscape doesn't support it. I mean. Yeah. You know, the, the Germans are coming out of these passes in the mountains down onto the plain of Sidi Bouzid. And, and yeah. you know, it's it's just the Americans just not not really an awful lot they could have yeah. done about it, to be honest with you. But, 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 but you also then get, you, I mean, one of the one of the things someone said was, well, you know, the, the inability of the Americans to attack without air cover and artillery predominance shows that they're not that good. You think, no, what? <laughs> That's insane. What? That's why a really you, rubbish why, argument. Why wouldn't you load the dice? Why wouldn't you load? If, 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 if the accusation is they're basically sort of cheating to do that, it's not. <laughs> That's just insane. But the point about Italy and about the attack on the winter line, the Bernhard line in, in yeah. November and December 1943, is that they don't have that advantage. Yeah, the advantages don't exist. Yeah. The advantages don't exist. And they're having to attack uphill. Uh, and not uphill, but up mountain. And uh, yeah, and not with, at three, with where and the Germans at, have got eyes on everything they're doing. Yeah. And not at three to one strength. And not a three to one strength, and and it's really interesting because everyone goes, oh yeah, but you know, Allied divisions were much much bigger. Well, not really. Um, you know, by this stage, you know, we're talking about we're talking about we're still talking about a three regiment system in the yeah. German infantry divisions. They haven't gone down to what they've gone is they've, instead of having three battalions, they're down to two battalions. Yeah. But but not not across the board. That 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 starts to yeah. come in from October nineteen forty three. Yeah. So that hasn't manifested itself by necessarily by and, and anyway the Allies because of the tyranny of Overlord. Uh, um, uh, aren't reinforcing, aren't, uh, operating at full strength, and this is the point. I, I mean, you know, I was, I was, I was, in the bit I sent you, I was sort of citing the Colstrian Guards. You know, yeah. so they they start the front men, line with hundred men, men down, yeah. and by the end of it, you know, by by sort of you know six days later, they're ten days later, they're down to five hundred ninety-eight, which is thirty percent under strength. Yeah. You know, the Grenadier Guards have only got three hundred and fifty men before Operation Raincoat, which is the Monte yeah. Camino yeah. thing. But the first battalion of the 143rd Infantry, they're yeah. down to just 340 men as well by yeah. the fighting on Monte Samucro, which is yeah. less than 
you know yeah. so so the, and they're still going forward and they're still winning that's the point yeah so yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to say man for man in Italy <laughs> on that front the allies are doing better you know well, that's irrefutable you can't well, you, there's, there's no or, getting away from that but maybe but, but you don't need, it doesn't even need to be man for man it, means it doesn't need to be man for man just the way you're doing it the way you're playing the way you're playing to your strengths the way you're re- marshalling your assets and bringing them to bear on the enemy is, be- is is going better for you in the assault than it is for the side who have all the advantages of the defensive countryside in Italy. I mean, the, you know, yeah. let, you, let's if you swap it round, would you ever get would you ever get the British army off Monte Cassino if you're the Germans? If you if it's if if we're yeah. trying to get it going the if you're trying to make it go in the other direction. Is there is there any way of meaningfully for the Italians to meaningfully counter uh, the Germans rather no, to meaning meaningfully counterattack in Italy to drive? No, of course not. There's absolutely no way of pushing them back to Naples. It's and they're not even contemplating it because they know it's impossible. Yeah. You know, I think this is the this is the thing that I think. You know, it, the, the Allies do have a hard time, but we the the, the terrain so favours the defender. How on earth are the Germans losing? Is the, is the... <laughs> well, I think that is my, and that's that's going to be my, my you know, my conclusion really. Yeah. Is is that it's a really massive opportunity missed, not by the boots on the ground because they're not good enough, or the the, the corps and army commanders aren't good enough. Yeah. It's because they're not being given the support they need from the top, yeah. which is something which is an absolute given. At literally every other step in the way from August 1942 onwards. Yeah, you know it's inconceivable that you would that you would go to that you would go to Sicily without front loading it. You know it's inconceivable yeah. that you would go into yeah. Normandy without front loading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's it's. I mean, well, because after all, Normandy has to be too big to fail, doesn't it? It has to be. Yeah, uh, but but uh, but but why <laughs> why is Italy why why is Italy allowed to kind of. You know, I suppose this is my my point. You know, it's just it's just there is this downer on the Italian campaign, which where the where the blame sits, which doesn't take into account the the, the actual situation. It doesn't take into account the actual situation, and the and the blame is directed at completely the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it so often is, Jim. Yeah, because because. Saying an army's slow is easy than go. It's easier than zooming out and looking at the entire sort of astrolabe of how the whole thing's working. It, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Okay. But anyway, well, but anyway, so I've sort of I've, anyway, so I've, I've you know I'm 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 quite happy. I'm saying something a bit a little bit fresh and new in this. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, by the way, um, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, family stories will be returning soon. Once James and I have read the final bits of well, them, I've done got... done a bit of it. We don't have to have, have it all done, in the bag. Have you done yet, the second half. You've done the second batch. I've, no, I've not started. I've done three, three out of eight. I think three out of ten. Okay. Well, well, that will be with you soon, ladies and gentlemen. James has a little more time now. Now he's um. Well, I'm finished yet. Hold on. Break his campaign in two. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. Uh, we got a very exciting trip to Birmingham on Thursday. Yes, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Can't uh, wait. Uh, Spitting Image Life, of course, runs until the end of this week, and then hopefully, <laughs> with any fingers crossed, we'll be we'll be we'll have some news about it for the future. Um, but, yeah, well, uh, that will be exciting. Yeah. And don't forget, um, uh, we have Ways Fest September the eighth to the tenth, uh, near right next door, Black Pit Brewery, right next door to Silverstone. You can hear the cars roaring in the background through the whole thing. 
um, uh, with all of your favourite speakers, some dark green vehicles of various kinds, and the odd khaki vehicle as well, sandy sandy vehicle, I expect, um, and uh, a few jars, a chance to meet and talk to fellow members of the independent company, which is our Patreon group, or fellow afflicted um, uh, Second World War victims, like, like everyone else listening to this podcast, we hope. Um, we'll see you all very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to this very special uh, mini edition of We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland in association with Company of Heroes 3. Uh, Jim, I don't know if you're interested in the uh, Allied campaign in Italy at all. I don't know if it's a thing that's crossed your desk. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, uh, I mean, I've got to say, Company of Heroes 3 is is kind of, it, it could have been made specifically for me, it has to be said. You know, the Deutsche Africa Corps in North Africa, um, land, landings and conquest of Sicily, and then before you know it, whoa, there's Italy, and, and we're kind of careering off from out of Salerno to Foggia, um, and, and before you kind of double back to Monte Cassino. So what's not to like, frankly? We've been joined by Steve Mele all the away from Vancouver, who's executive producer at Relic Entertainment and who created the game. Steve, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you both. Uh, it's great to meet you both. Um, so tell us, you know, uh, how do you pick the campaigns? If Because if, Company of Heroes is it's a huge game, but, uh, but massively popular. Um, you can play it on by yourself or you can play it uh, um, in multiplayer role online and all that sort of stuff. How do you arrive at a campaign to fight? Um, we asked that question of our community right at the outset. Uh, so Company of Heroes 1 was focused on the Normandy invasions. Uh, Company of Heroes 2, we focused on the, the, the Eastern Front. They, they love the variety. They want to see uh, different uh, factions. They want to see the different uh, landscapes and the different ways of playing and give it, giving you variety within that space. And the Mediterranean theater provides that. You've got coastal regions, you've got deserts, you've got mountainous terrain, you know, so we, this this was uh, urban areas. So, you know, this was a, an exciting space for us to, to different views, different gameplay, different factions. Everything was kind of packed in in the Mediterranean theater. And in terms of factions, if you look at, we, we call them Duke forces on, on the podcast, Dominions okay. UK Empire. You've got, yep. you've got Gurkhas in this game. You've got, mm-hmm. as well as Tommies and... Aussies, you've got you've got people from all over the world, and you've also got all the right kit as well, which, which, I, which I thought was great. You know, it's fantastic to see Stuart's um, Stuart tanks, and that's what I like because you know I'm, I am a bit of a geek about this stuff, and I want my details to be right. Yeah, so you touched on the um, the, the 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 kit and the 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 authenticity of, of what we're doing yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk. We we had a ton of fun with do it with building that out for our game and, and doing the research and doing the homework within uh, you know the history books and uh, local historians with it that in our neighborhood here and then uh, uh, speaking to cultural consultants to ensure that the language we're using is accurate even and 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 the the outfits and the uniforms everything. So we had a ton of fun Fun doing the homework and the research for that we wanted everything to feel authentic that we don't take you out of that immersion and that feeling of the time but occasionally we've made decisions that 
are where someone who does know the exact fact would know that that specific upgrade on that Stuart tank wasn't there in that particular <laughs> battle. It, it shows up next, you know, next year or next month. Uh, and so we have there are fine lines there because we, you know, we're we have an upgrade tree, and so you you're able to upgrade your vehicles or your weapons or your units in your in your, in, in, within a battle. But so we had this fine line between gameplay authenticity that when you're in there you feel immersed and you're loving it, uh, and you, you you know there's nothing super taking you out of the the experience. But then at the same time there was that accuracy that where occasionally we broke a few uh, rules there um, or or historical facts just in order to get that gameplay experience through. Well, Steve, I can absolutely tell you that that I think I think most of our listeners will really really enjoy this. It's 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 just got the right level of geekiness to it and detail and facts and options and and as as al says the fact that you've got kind of you know gurkhas and what have you as well i think it's absolutely terrific the other thing is even uh, of your listeners your audience if they are new to company of heroes the franchise uh we've added a feature that i think uh, all our players even people who have played it before will enjoy is um the tactical pause and what tactical pause is so for those who don't know, our game is a real-time strategy, and, and you're on the field making decisions, capturing resources in order to fuel your, uh, you know, the, your war machine and get the, building up your, uh, your troops and, and sending them out on the field. It, there's a lot going on. You're, you're looking from a, a above, looking down on the map, making decisions, uh, grabbing you know, your vehicles and your, your units, and you're moving them into uh, to, to places at the same time while the enemy is coming after you and those resources. So with tactical pause, it, it allows you to press the space bar, pause the action, and you can then make all the commands and orders, and it'll show you a nice line of where your units are going to go, where your vehicle is going to go next. And if you want to throw a grenade at the end of that uh, movement, you can, and you toss a grenade, press space bar again, and the action takes off. And it, it, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a lot going on, so this helps you take stock of the situation. Uh, grab a sandwich if you need to, uh, or, <laughs> and, and, and then send it back into action. Do you see days gobbled up playing this, uh, or are you, are you a man of remarkable self-control? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a, it's a significant campaign, the single player experience is over 40 hours of, of wow. gameplay for players to get into so wow. if you're if, if wow. you know you can spend your time in there and uh and really just get immersed and and uh, there's I, when I'm, again i i'm a proponent of video games in general and so i think there's great value in your dollar to have all that time and then that's just the single player experience if you want to continue to play against the the ai we have uh, this you know we've built out this in, intelligent uh you know system in the background for to play against the computer and you can try out different strategies and uh, we call that we call that comp stomp because the idea is that you're you know you're stomping on the computer over and over again, <laughs> and you can join up with your mates as well. And you play two, you know, you can play one v one, one against the computer. You can play two v two, three v three, or if you had four of you, you'd come together and just have a laugh and and beat up on the computer, and uh, it's a ton of fun as well. Uh, well, Steve, I, I've, we think it's great. We think it's absolutely terrific, and it's out now, isn't it? And you can play it play it today on your PC. Yes, you can. People interested, anyone uh, can go check it out at companyofheroes.com. It's available on PC and Steam. If you head there, you can find it. Fantastic. Terrific. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Steve, and many congratulations.